Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. This is Dean, and thank you so much for joining us once again this month. We are talking about the power of passion. And I want to read to you a scripture from Romans chapter 12, and I want to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. It says, Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of passion in our lives. And if you're taking notes today, the first big idea is this, is, is everyone has desire, few people have passion. What do you mean? Everyone des has desires to have more money. Many people desire to lose weight. Many people want, uh, many pastors want uh, and desire a move of God, a better church. They would desire to be a better leader. But bottom line, very few people ever change because desire will not lead us to change. Passion will. Some people mistake a cheap desire as passion. And I, today I want to explain the difference and, and just, just show you what passion will do. But first off, point number two is passion is found when purpose is known or discovered. You'll find your passion when you discover your purpose and your purpose is known. It's hard to be passionate uh, about life when you, when you don't know what your purpose is. When, when you say, why do I exist? Why am I here? And so people in this category tend to survive in life versus thrive in life. Once you discover your purpose, you begin to thrive. Example, if I said, I'm, I want to go take a run. But if I don't know which direction to run or the purpose of my run, then there's no passion to run and there's no passion in life. But if I say this 5K run is going to be at Memorial Park and it's going to raise money for kids who are fighting cancer, now I'm not just running frivolously here and there. My my purpose has direction and it has intentionality. And now I'm not running just out of, well, I should get in shape. I'm running with a purpose because I'm going to change a kid's life by the money that I raise that will help hopefully save a child's life. And so now my running has purpose. There was just a guy in my office yesterday. He's 31 years old. He, prior to Easter Sunday, this year of 2021, in his 31 years of life, he had been in a church one time, and that was years ago. A friend, a co-worker, invited him to church, and he came on Easter Sunday, raised his hand in service, surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Two Sundays later, he's on our stage, and he's sharing his testimony and, and declaring his faith in Jesus uh, publicly once again, and he's being water baptized. 
He wanted to meet with me, and so as we got together to meet, he is just, he's glowing with passion because he said, my life now has purpose, and it now has direction. And he shared as he showed me his, his journal, his, his notebook, of how that just recently the Lord has spoken very clear to him about a call, about a call to a career as a pastor, as a minister. And he came to talk to me to say, what do I do with this? How do I navigate this? But he, he's had his degree in, a, in another field and he was working on his master's and doctorate and all of that, but it, it, it didn't resonate on the inside of him. And now that he has discovered his purpose, his purpose in life, passion is exuding from his life in everywhere and everyone he comes in contact with. Now, I get it. Many of you that listen to this leadership podcast are pastors. You're youth pastors, worship pastors, children's pastors. You're, you're in the full-time ministry. You know your purpose, but you're still lacking passion. So how do we recover that and how do we get that? Point number three is passion is fueled in God's presence. Remember what the scripture said in Romans chapter 12? Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but what? Commune with God at all times. It's in that time that we have with the Lord that true passion can only be authored by our Creator when the heart of the Father is knit together with our heart and our ours with His. You see, if we've grown tired and, and maybe we've stopped studying the Bible like we did, maybe our, our prayer time has lowered, maybe we're, we're we're just kind of going through the motions of being a pastor and being a minister. We're able to produce enough Bible time to create a sermon, but we're really not, we're really not ministering out of our reservoir of all that God has put into us. We're, we're ministering and we're preaching out of a cup, maybe out of a bucket, that we win and we got enough that we can share with others. But we ourselves are lacking. We're thirsty. We're hurting. We're wounded, we're tired, we're worn out. We have no passion. We're not passionate about our church. We're not passionate about reaching the lost. We're not passionate about, about reaching more for the kingdom of God. And we find ourselves just going through the motions. So the key way to reignite ourselves is James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If the fire has gone out, if the fire that was a raging, burning inferno is, seems like a gray, ashy coal that barely has any spark left in it, that means that you and I need to get back to the heart of the fire. We need to come to the throne of God. We need to push the things of this world aside, and the fire needs to be rekindled. Because, you know, as Jesus said many times, it's not, it's not a tragedy in our life that, that, that pulls at us. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's, it's the phone calls. It's the text. It's the, it's the situations we have to deal with. It's balancing the budget. It's, it's making sure this gets paid. It's, it's fixing this in this area of the church. In Psalm 16, verse 11, the Passion Translation as well, it says, because of you, I know the path of life, 
as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence, God. At your right side, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. If we're lacking passion, passion for life, passion for God, passion in our marriage, passion for the ministry, we have to come back to the author of life. We have to come back to the one of the passion himself of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, well, how do I do that? What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, Jesus said it this way in John 15. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And one of the things that I've realized is too many times in the last 30, 40 years of ministry, I have found seasons where I kind of took it back on my own. I know how to write a sermon. I know how to, to, to coach and to counsel people. And sometimes we forget to really lean in on the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, to say, God, less of me and more of you. God, I want, I want, I want your spirit in your life to teach me, lead me, guide me. I don't want to rely on my experience. I don't want to rest on just my own wisdom or knowledge. I ever want to be in tune to you, God, to hear and know your voice for that creative idea, for that word in due season to that person, that family member, that church member. I want to I want to be keenly aware of the gentle winds of the Holy Spirit. I don't I don't want to I don't need the Holy Spirit to to come slap me upside the head to get my attention. I want to respond to that gentle nudge. I want to be keenly aware to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, too many times we say, well, I need to stop doing this, and then I can start doing this for God. Here's what I would tell you. Start doing that for God, and these other things will pull aside, will pull away. And this passion will drive a person beyond the pain of the moment, beyond the pain of the project, to reach the prize of doing something great for the glory of God when our heart is knit with his. So the fuel to our passion is being in God's presence. And when that happens, passion pushes us to action. Passion will not allow ourselves to stay the same. You see, desire is described as a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Passion is defined as an intense driving feeling or conviction, a devotion. And so this passion was the passion uh, for mankind that drove Jesus to the cross. The Romans didn't drive Jesus to the cross. It was the passion for you and I that pushed him to the cross. It was that passion for the joy, as Hebrews 12 says, that was set before him. He endured the cross. How did he do that? Because he had a passion from his father as he had a vision. He had a purpose. It gave him passion for what he was doing. He's not just being beaten and spit upon and hit and, 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 and poked. He is doing this. There is a passion and a devotion that is there, a conviction that is there that's pushing him through the pain. You see, passion is a desire that must be met 
must be attained or must be accomplished. It's, it compels one to action beyond the wishful thinking of desire to be a force that cannot be stopped until it is accomplished. Most of us guys would say probably at one time or another in our childhood or maybe our adolescent years that we dreamed of being a professional sports player, whether that, whatever the sport of your choice, soccer, football, baseball, basketball. We dreamed of what it would be like to play on the center stage of an arena and a court that big. And here's the difference. Most of us today are we are we are simply um, playing fantasy football. We 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 might watch it. We might periodically participate, but we never made it there. And what's the difference? Those with a true passion for the game, they push beyond the desire of others and they practice more. They trained harder. They lifted more. They studied more to be the best in their field on the field. The only thing that separates them from you or I is the passion, the devotion, the effort that they put into their game that when we, after 15 minutes, were tired of shooting free throws, they shot 500 free throws. That when we were tired, if we hit a bucket of balls at the golf range, they hit a thousand balls every single day. It's the passion that pushes us to improve, to be better, to attain, and it's that devotion that causes us to not settle for mediocre. Passion says mediocre, it's not okay. You see, complacency and passion cannot abide in the same house. Passion won't tolerate complacency to take up residence. And here's where I would go. Point number five is is passion is contagious. The people will never burn hotter and brighter than the leader. If you feel like your church has lost passion, your youth ministry has lost passion, your your volunteer team isn't very passionate about what they're doing, don't be pointing a finger at them. Turn the finger and point it back at ourselves because the people are a direct reflection of us. We set the bar. We set the thermostat. If we're running at 100.105 degrees, the temperature in the room will rise. But if we're at a mediocre 55 and it's kind of, kind of chill, kind of, kind of stale, guess what? Our people will be there. So that's either bad news or good news. I see it as good news that if I can change me, if I can go to the Father and fuel my passion, if I can walk in the power of my purpose, and if I can, can see that, that passion resurrected in, in me, I know it'll be contagious and it will impact the people that are around me. If we're passionate about keeping people from going to hell, then the people in our church will be have that same fire and passion. This passion in us will ignite anyone who gets close to us. And that fire within us will cause two reactions. Number one, It'll cause people to want to jump in and they'll, they'll be combustionable as well and they'll catch the passion, they'll catch the fire that is burning within us. Or two, it'll push people away. It's too hot. You're, 
It, it causes them to feel awkward being around you. It intimidates their wishful dream thinking that someday out there, when the stars align and the pixie dust falls, I'll get my dream, I'll get my desire. And, and your passion makes them feel uncomfortable because your passion causes them to realize, I'm going to have to do something. But what they do is they sit back and they say, well, God, God's doing something special in that pastor's life. God's doing something special in that church. No, my Bible says God is no respecter of persons. That if I hear or see of a revival, of a renewal that is going on within a ministry, within a church, then I know that is acceptable and that is God's will for me, for my house, for my church, for my family, for my spiritual family. Uh, I love it at the first of the year, as, as we always do, we just, we just as a team, as a leadership team, as the pastors of this church, we just started pressing in for God. We started making the, the, just the small decisions that we talked about a, a couple podcasts ago about making that three degrees of change, that 3% of change and, and the impact. And we started laying things down. And, and a great example is uh, Pastor Brad Fontaine, our worship pastor here. He, he, he shut some things off. He quieted some social media things and, 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 and quieted some, some voices and, and, and I would call it uh, clutter in his life. And he just pressed in a little more. Well, he has become a highly combustionable agent within our church. And it's impacted his entire worship team, the production team, and he is a contagious person. I'm passionate about children and reaching kids for Christ because I know the numbers and I know the statistics that if we can reach kids for Christ, that the numbers are in the 80 to 90 plus percentile, that if they'll make a decision for Christ before the age of 18 and the numbers drastically drop as they step into our culture's full-fledged adulthood. And so the reality is, it's why we have an ice cream truck that goes out on Saturdays giving away free ice cream treats. It's why we have the high-quality amusement park uh, costumes of, of the critter costumes that are welcoming our kids and greeting kids in our lobby and our, and our front uh, entries. And, and because the cheesy $200 ones from China just were kind of creepy and scary, but where does that passion come? How did we make that happen? I'm passionate about reaching kids. I'm passionate about reaching the lost and turning kids to Jesus Christ. And it became contagious. And so therefore, my church rallied around those efforts. I'm passionate about reaching kids that are going through cancer, that have been in accidents, that have, are the victims of, of domestic violence, or their parents are, have been taken away from them, and, and, and they're lost and they're hurting. Or maybe they're in a hospital and, and they're facing life-threatening disease. And so I had this vision in my heart for a long time. It's, it's Hugs the Bear. And if you're watching on YouTube or video, you can see it. But it's an eight-inch little fuzzy bear that says Hugs the Bear. And you can go to HugsTheBear.com to read about it. And so Hugs the Bear is an, is an idea that I've had. And we birthed it in these last six months. And on the first, second Sunday of the month, we pray over the bears. We anoint them. And we believe that just as, as they took handkerchiefs from Paul 
in the book of Acts and they laid them on the sick and the sick were healed and recovered, that the anointing of God, the healing power of God is transferable. And so we're getting these into police cars and fire trucks and, and the, the uh, uh life flight helicopters. They're carrying these. And when there's a child in distress, they're giving these to a child and that child will lay on their body. And we're believing that the healing power and healing virtue of God goes into them, brings them peace and comfort and and just surrounds them with God's power and God's favor. Well, how did how did it come to pass that we're purchasing 5,000 bears, 10,000 bears? Because my passion was contagious to my church and that that passion was uh, they became infected, so to speak, and and now the finances are there and we're funding the project all across the community. And our last point this morning is passion runs to win. Passion says, I'm not going to settle for second. Passion says, I'm going to run to win. I'm going to strive for excellence. I'm going to do my best. Colossians 3.23, out of the Passion Bible, says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Those who desire to see, those with a desire to see a champion, um, those with with a desire, um, they see a champion and they scratch their head and they say, God, why did you cause him or her to win? I don't understand. But you see, passion, not desire, will reach our goals in life. Passion will push us across the finish line. Passion will cause us to stand where only champions stand. Passion pushes us to do the extra, to reach for the purpose, to win the prize, the upward prize of the call in Christ Jesus. And it's the righteous that are bold as a lion. And, and as we pursue God, as we run the race that is set before us, as Hebrews 12 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? The passion. The passion of Jesus Christ that sent him to the cross. Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And so sometimes we just need to remove the things that entangle us. And I know over the last six to 10 months, we've, we've dealt with COVID-19 and that has been a distraction in our, in our ministry and our services. Uh, the political arena has become just toxic and, and there's so many voices and so many opinions and it's, it's so easy to get stirred up of who said what and when and how could they and how dare they. Here's what I've chosen to do. I've chosen to put on the blinders, not be blind to the culture, but I've chosen to not listen to the outside voices. I've chosen to put on the blinders that pushes me towards the cause of Christ, that I'm running the race for him, and I'm running the race that I might save some, and that we'll do all things to become all things to all men, and that I'm running the race that I can be the most passionate leader, pastor, husband, 
father that I can be and not getting distracted and carried away and, and, and moved aside from the purpose of God that he has called, called me to live and to fulfill. So run with purpose, run with your passion, spend time with God and become a highly contagious toxic individual with the love of God, the passion of God, and the fire of the Most High. Hey, this is Dean Hawk. I hope you appreciate this podcast. Check out deanhawk.com for our latest sermon series releases. They're all free. Take them. Make them better. Improve what I've done. Make it 10 times better than I did. We just love to bless and help pastors and, and equip you to do what you're called to do there in your community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.